Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Elena Pastori, who is a leadership and career coach. Elena, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Cool. Yeah, I am a leadership and career coach, so I work with individuals, groups, and teams on anything professional development related, whether they want to switch careers or advance in the current career that they're in. So I do coaching, workshops, skills training, and all of those types of things. And for fun, I really like to cook. Um, I am Italian, and so I have a lot of great family recipes that I love to eat and cook <laughs> there we go what's your favorite thing to cook oh it's hard i for food macaroni and meatballs macaroni which, and meatballs because it's the so the sauce i got you this is very controversial whether you call it sauce or gravy in italian culture because the essence is that it cooks with the meat, the tomato and the meat cook together. So it becomes, it becomes something totally different. And it takes like six hours to cook to get that flavor. Wow. Are you cooking this yeah. in like a crock pot or? No, on the stove. Wow. Six hours on the stove. Mm-hmm. On low. So yeah, you gotta, better watch it for a while. I know. So. That's intense. <laughs> Not the easiest, fastest thing to do. And you're saying it like merges together to create like something completely different? Yeah. Well, so you put the raw, it's raw meat in the tomato and it cooks in it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, It's really good. It's really good. It is. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. (laughs) Does it take a lot of skill? Um, I would say no. The hard, the, not the hardest part. The longest part is just waiting and just stirring it. But the beginning part is pretty simple. Do you have like a cookbook or something? I do. Yep. My grandfather made one with all my grandmother's and family recipes. There we go. So we go. homemade. Do yeah. you like keep it close to your heart or would you mind sharing it? Oh, it's right here if you want to see it. Oh, no. I'm like, could you send me recipes? <laughs> oh, maybe. Depends on what it is. Okay. Okay. I feel that. <laughs> we can talk offline after (laughs) (laughs) there we go there we go well let's jump into your motivation what gets you up and keeps you going every day oh it's funny because that's such a simple question but there's so many responses that i could give i my goal is to help people which is just really basic and straightforward and i always knew that i wanted to help people in some way and I would say each day I never exactly know how that's going to happen, depending on who I talk to, what needs they have, and whether it's what I plan for or not. Um, And to hear people's reactions or response 
to my coaching or training or mentoring and to have them say that I made an impact, that is what gets me up and motivated because you never know how it's going to play out or how I can be what someone else needs. So I love the excitement and the variety and the, I guess, ambiguity sometimes in, in what's to come for each day. I love that. I love that. Um, just, I have a friend right now who's switching careers. He's going from PT mm-hmm. to data analyst in tech. Mm-hmm. And he's worried he's going through like this, um, kind of program, some training that you have to do as like a prereq for the job, mm-hmm. but he's looking for a job. And do you have any advice that I can go give to him? Yeah. So the hardest thing when you're switching careers is to demonstrate how the skills you gain in your past career are transferable and applicable to what you're going to do, especially because he's going from science to, you know, IT, essentially, which are very different. And you might think, well, they have nothing in common, right? They're so different, and they can't possibly share any of the same skills. And that's where I would say you're wrong. Because you can always find something, even if it's something small, career changers need to show the recruiters and the companies that, yes, they do have skills that are needed and that are valuable. And it's really up to the candidate to articulate that and figure out what those are, because otherwise it's very hard to switch careers. So you have to be really good at explaining your value. I got you. I got you. And would that happen on in the first interview, on the resume? On the resume, well, yes, so both, everything. You need to get past the the screening system, which is called the ATS. Gotcha. That will accept or reject you when you apply to a job. So you have to do a good job on your resume to show that you should even be considered for an interview. Otherwise, the ATS might reject you if you don't look like you meet the qualifications and or a human might say, we don't really want to give this person a shot <laughs> yeah, because it's a stretch. I gotcha. Sounds good. So tie the skills from his past career into his future career. Yes. Yep. And it's very possible. Everyone can switch. I've seen crazy. I've seen people with crazy backgrounds. Um, so it's very possible. And, you know, you should never be stuck. Or you should never stay in a career because you think you can't do something different. So I think it's awesome that your friend believes that he can and is actually taking the steps by doing the course to switch. Because that's usually the hardest part for people is they don't think they can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. Tell us about your vision for your career and vision for your life. Mm. Well, I would say for my life, just expanding on what I said before, just to continue to help people in new ways that I don't know what those will be yet, partially through my career, which I'll talk about in a minute. And just personally with friends, with family, you know, I want to have a family and have kids and that will be a whole nother definition of helping people because you'll be raising people, right? Yeah. So to me, I would say that is a big life goal and a big way that I, you know, obviously want to leave a legacy and and everything like that. And for my career, I one day want to be an executive coach. So someone that coaches executives, 
um, you know, senior leaders of corporate companies and doing big corporate coaching and change management engagements. So that's what I'm working towards. And of course, that is still related to helping people because when you help the individual people, you help the company and the organization grow. And it just has a trickle effect of everyone else that is also working there. And then the people at that company, the people in other companies that that company serves to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And how do you make the jump from really leadership and career coaching to executive coaching? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar. There are a lot of, excuse me, there are a lot of executive coaches that are leadership coaches. So right now I am working a lot with, I guess, with individuals, a lot of college students as well. So a lot of younger people. And I really just see it as a progression over the years. Um, so after I get a good amount of experience working with individuals, then it'll be easier to kind of level up to get long-term. I'm talking one or two three-year engagements with big companies to work on their leadership for large groups and, and teams of people. So it's just a, you know, kind of like a career path, but when you work for yourself, it's a little less clear because you have to create that path. So it's more of connecting the dots. You know, this is where I want to be and this is where I am. And this, you know, definitely leads to this. It's just a matter of, you know, what physical steps or and how can I prepare myself today for that? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. And is there a way, so like, for you to make that jump in the next six months? Like, is it possible for somebody with, um, who's kind of, okay, you look really young. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. you're really young, <laughs> like 20s, maybe mid 20s. Yes. Late 20s. Yes. Awesome. Mid. Gotcha. Is it, um, <laughs> most of the people who come on my podcast are like 50s and up and when, when i saw your face i was like she's my age um is it typical for people in their mid-20s to be an executive coach because i feel like there would be an age gap of like all the executives are like a good 20 years older than you is that is there mm -hmm. an age barrier there or would it be possible for you to do it in the next year or two so I haven't specifically seen anyone that's an executive coach that is not younger than probably 40 yeah. or maybe 30s. And that doesn't mean that it's not possible to sure. me. Um, when we think of executives, you might jump to Jeff Bezos, right? I don't know. You might you might just think think of someone really elite. Yeah. There are executives of really small companies, executives of startups. So I'm not necessarily saying that that's what I want to do. I think it's important to get creative about how we achieve the goal and that the goal can look like a lot of different things. So I'm not necessarily saying I would want to make that jump that quickly yeah. or that I will be able to gain the knowledge and learn the logistics of those things that quickly. However, I do believe anything's possible. And if I set an ambitious, aggressive goal to achieve that before I'm 30, I think there is a possibility that that could happen if I chose to hardcore go that route. Love it. Love it. No, I support it. I think you could do it too. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Are there any other 
dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Trying to think. It's it's interesting because when I was young and you would always ask someone, a kid, <laughs> what is your dream job or what is it that you want to be when you grow up? And I never had an answer for that. And I never, ever knew, not even, you know, as a five-year-old wanting to be an astronaut or, you know, something crazy. And it was, in t- it was when I was a senior in college that I really learned what I wanted to be and do. And that's being a coach, which is what I, like I said, what I do now. So I know that I've found my dream and I know that I, how I want my dream to evolve, like I said, in the coming decades. And I still think that there's still room for that to change the way it comes to fruition because of all the things that I don't know, all of the ways that the world will continue to change and evolve. So I do see myself, like I said, still helping people in the leadership, in the coaching capacity in their professional lives. I just don't know how exactly that's going to look, even in, you know, the even just talking about executive coaching, you know, will there be a niche? Will there be a specific industry, a specific sector, geography? Will I work internationally? You know, all things like that. And I think it is important for everyone to have that guiding star and to also be open and to be curious about the ways that it can be different in the best way from what you think it will be like. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I like that a lot. I noticed what you said about you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I can I can answer dreams and goals for Sure. Me. Yeah. For sure, for sure. People don't usually flip on me this early. But <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can answer. Um, I really have two dreams uh for my life. One is financial freedom for myself and my family. And so that's like that's a North star and it's flexible Mm -hmm. how we get there. I Mm -hmm. have learned a lot about real estate and plan on always investing in real estate. Um, Uh I also love helping people and coaching people. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to get my clarity coaching practice off the ground for kingdom entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs who are Christian and ideally I'm thinking of me three years ago in college, struggling, not focused, Mm-hmm. on the right things like that's the person I want to help and so mm-hmm. it's that in real estate and then a little bit of trading yeah. with my brother is kind of the path to get to financial freedom but once uh-huh. I hit financial freedom which I plan on happening okay. fairly quickly um, uh-huh. I don't really plan on it being like a 40 years old 50 years old type of thing mm-hmm. uh, I really plan on it being like a next two years three years type of thing <laughs> so kind of got, got to put the pedal to the metal but yeah. once I hit it, it's spending the rest of my life putting systems together and um, inspiring people to kind of put consistent time, energy, effort, and money into raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America. Because I think mm-hmm. once you get to middle-class America, you have more options mm-hmm. and you can take more. It's like, it's easier to take extreme ownership when you're at a middle class standing, but when you're like basic food, water, shelter, and safety is kind of compromised, mm-hmm. it's hard to back up out of the moment to really think about what you want. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. 
based on how I grew up, those are kind of the things that are close to my heart. I don't like when people like my parents got divorced because they were always worried about money and arguing and stress. And I'm like, when you can give people that kind of freedom to think and to like be mm -hmm. themselves, I think we all want to impact people and want to help people. Mm -hmm. and the world just becomes a better place. So those are my two goals. Yeah, no, I love that. There was just a study. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it published in two places. Um, the only one that's coming to mind now is the New York Times, where they looked at people of all uh, children of all different classes, and they saw that when kids are mixed of different socioeconomic classes in one school, that I think the average income of the students who came from lower income families was higher than students who didn't go to a school where the socioeconomic classes were mixed. So it talked about how can we re, um, what's the word? Um, you know, zone, zone. Rezone, gotcha. Rezone, I guess is the yeah. term. Schools so that there's more of that diversity so that it will influence everyone to excel more and have more access and opportunities to learn about things that oftentimes only the more affluent students have access to. So I, I don't know how many years that they study that. I would imagine they would have had to study kids from being children to being working yeah. adults. But I thought that was super interesting and definitely true and cool to think about. And it seems like of, you know, nothing is as easy as it seems, but it seems like a fairly straightforward thing that we can do that we know works as long as we're somehow able to kind of geographically do that, I guess. But yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I just, I found it, I thought it was cool and really insightful and something that can help a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I did not see that. Thank you so much for sharing it. I'll send it to you if I can find it after. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I would love to take a look at that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of things like that. And there's also a lot of people working towards the issue. And I think the biggest thing is um, a little bit of like collective focus mm -hmm. on it and mm -hmm. uh, community as well. Like mm -hmm. with the whole vibe of the rezoning, I think too much of our life, our life looks like us being focused on us. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if each person who was like above the median income decided to live life with a person who was below the median income and like mm -hmm. legitimately live life with them like mm -hmm. i'm the best of friends with that person and like they uh progress together improve together and like feed off of each other like mm -hmm. i really think the world would be a lot different mm -hmm. so, just yeah but it uh, would it, yeah, it would be. I am an idealist, though. I like to shoot big and like dream big and then go after it. <laughs> yeah. No, you know that Margaret Mead, I think her, that's how you say it, Mead quote. I do not. I'm going to butcher it. It's something along the lines of never doubt that a small group of people could change the world because, in fact, that's the only thing that ever has. Mm, I do know that quote. Yep. I've heard that quote. Yeah. Before. I love that because it's true. All you need is even, you know, Albert Einstein, right? One person or a couple of people. And that's usually where all this revolutionary change and ideas come from is, it's just that. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. I find that to be pretty inspirational because it's like, 
you know, you can be that next person. Any of us could be literally them, the next them, you know, the next any of those people. So, which, which is why I think it's so important to like be authentic, dream big, and like be audacious. Because mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. this is who I am, this is what I want, and I'm going after it. Because mm -hmm. people will come along, mm -hmm. and when you find the right couple, it's like magic happens. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Well, speaking of people coming along and helping us, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards helping more people in new ways, personally and professionally, as well as being an executive coach or just growing your current coaching practice, who would they be and how would they help you? So would they give me advice or how specifically are they helping me? So it could be any number of things. So like maybe you have a fulfillment issue, like you're just getting crazy amounts of clients and you need another coach. The person could be a coach. Maybe you have a leads issue. It could be a marketing. Okay. It could be uh, somebody to give advice, a mentor. Okay. Yeah, I would say, hmm. I would say someone that's really good at messaging and cold outreach because to me, that's the part that I hate about business and that is a necessary evil you know evil to me because if you don't have clients you don't have a business yeah. so i i don't think i'm great at articulating what i bring you know in the ways specifically that i can help people with that value add and what that result is so once i get people interested it's usually pretty simple it's just that first step of reaching out to someone else so that is what I would say someone who is exceptional at messaging and outreach. Okay. Okay. So specifically the copywriting of the messaging or. Yeah, I would say yes. Okay. So copywriting and, maybe and cold outreach um, systems. Like, do you just want people to cold DM for you? Would that be ideal? Like, are you the, do you not like the cold DM conversation? or i'm okay with the conversation it's just getting someone to respond that's that's my thing I that first to respond that first interest that then trickles everything else okay. okay yeah um another person that i just love that i don't know what specific value add he would provide to me is gary vaynerchuk do you know him everybody loves gary v <laughs> not everyone let me tell you that's fair that's fair but I love Not everyone. <laughs> yeah, I it's funny because I'll watch his videos. I've been following him for four a little over four years. I used to religiously listen to his podcasts and religious, religious, religious about and I saw him in person too at a an event. Uh but anyway. Are you posting four people. times a day on TikTok? I'm not. See, this is what I was going to say. I know, I know what he says. So it's funny when you see the little clips that he posts of someone coming up to him and asking him a question. And so often I'm like, oh, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> so he would be cool to meet. Like I said, I just saw him at this conference. I didn't physically meet him. Uh, I would love to meet him. And I don't know what I would specifically ask. I do feel that I could probably gauge a lot of the time what he would tell me if I were to ask him one of the, you know, basic questions that a lot of people do ask. So, yeah, I, I admire him a lot. And I think he's, um, I think he's great. Yeah. Gary Vee's awesome.
Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Have good. you ever heard of good. Alex Hormozy? Yes. I follow his, I love his wife. Yes. I watch his That's stuff awesome. too. His wife is awesome. Yes. Yes. She well, is. again, as if I know her, I don't know her. <laughs> she is so awesome. Like, she's a beast. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I actually uh, added her on LinkedIn and sent her a message about a month ago when she accepted it. Yeah? Did she reply? Yeah, she didn't. No. Gotcha. But she at least saw me at some point. <laughs> she knows I exist or, or knew, you know, knew at one point that I exist. So that's pretty cool. Gary hasn't accepted mine and he never will. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I should watch more of Alex's though. I have heard great things about the book that he published last summer. I think Never it was last summer. Have you? Yes. I have I've listened to it on Audible and I need to read through it like manually. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, I tried uh, to It blew my mind. It yeah. added so much value to me and how I thought about marketing cuz I had recently gotten on a Russell Brunson binge cuz I really wanted to learn online marketing and like how to get clients so I could blow this business up. Right. Mm -hmm. And Russell Brunson kind of gave me the initial mindset shift, but Alex Hormozy and how he talks about offers and how he talks about business. Mm -hmm. And there's some parts of my ego I need to kill off before I listen <laughs> to all of the advice, but mm -hmm. it's just so it adds so much value to you. you I will buy you that book tonight. <laughs> literally. <laughs> It's so good. Thanks. Yeah, no, I have tried to look for it. I think at Barnes and Noble and I think Barnes and Noble, I don't know. I think it's only on Amazon. Is that the thing? Yeah. So I try to Yeah. Yeah, I try to support smaller businesses when I can. But I, if I if Amazon's the only place I can get it, then that's the only place, you know. Then it is what it is. I'm going to I'm definitely going to buy it cuz I It's a Yeah, good. I've I've heard yeah, great things. And I know that he is, you know, they're both very smart. Um, intelligent, I guess. Wise is a better word than smart. So, yeah. I, I need to follow him more, though. Or his his content. Yeah. Because I mostly just, you know, watch Leila's stuff. I mean, Layla, Layla's just as good. But they, they talked about it. And she has less followers and stuff. Mostly because she doesn't like posting as much as Alex likes posting. But she's really about scaling businesses mm -hmm. so like once people get to the three million a mm -hmm. year range like they need to listen to Layla because Layla knows how to take that business from three million to like 50 million but mm. Alex is more like the rainmaker when it comes to leads and so he knows mm. how to like he knows yeah. how to really structure an offer so yeah stupid saying no the book yeah no I mean you in there I think that's why they're so great as business oh, yeah. partners because that's you know, there's such complementary skills. Yeah. Because you need, you know, you need both really to have mm. a big, a big business. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. But she talks a lot about leadership and management too. I don't know if you look at, at least on Instagram, that's where I follow her. Um, yeah. So yeah, scaling for sure. She talks a lot about, there's been a lot of really great tips about leadership and management too. Yeah, no, I, I guess she does talk a lot about that. Yeah, she's just a beast. She's such mm -hmm. a she has such a good business mind. Alex is like he's a pro at marketing and kind of sales, but like you don't really want you want to listen to Layla about everything. Yeah. Else. <laughs> like if it's not bringing leads in, go to Layla. <laughs> yeah.
which is so funny. Um, awesome. Well, now we're not going to jump into the thriving three yet. We have one more question. Name the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your goals. So you run into Sally at the grocery store and Sally's like, Elena, how can I help you accomplish your goals? This is what you would tell her. I, the biggest thing I think I would say is just word of mouth. It's pretty, you know, good old grassroots kind of approach. Um, for other people to support me. And I always want to make sure that I help that person first, that there's some, some way that I can serve them or some value I can add to their life, whether it's directly working with them as a client or just offering them some advice on something. Because I wouldn't ever want someone to endorse me without being able to specifically say that I actually worked with them before or that I help them in some type of way because I think it's kind of an empty referral or an empty message if that makes sense without without that yeah. stories and you know examples of real results are really powerful rather than someone just saying oh yeah this person's good or oh you should work with this person I gotcha I gotcha so you kind of mm -hmm. want the testimonial referral yeah Yes, I would say that. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Yeah, so I would probably still have to say podcast. Gary V. I mean, it's just interesting because, and he says this too, he says a lot of the same stuff. And it's when he says it in a certain way and you are in a specific moment or area in your life yep. and it just hits different. Yeah. And that is what makes it, I think really powerful. And also you can get different lessons out of hearing the same thing because of the context that he's using, or again, the context that you may be in, in your life. So even though a lot of these things sound repetitive, I think it's good to kind of hammer in, those lessons and to be able to understand how they can apply differently and on a really deep level when you get really familiar with what those concepts are. Absolutely. Most of the time we just need reminders. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Things are actually, when you boil them down, they get pretty simple, simple. Not easy, <laughs> but simple. Right. It's us, it's us humans that complicate things with our brains. <laughs> facts. Facts. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? I would, you know, still say cooking. I cooking, um, baking. I love baking too. Just food, drinks. I see, you know, food and drinks as an art. Because, you know, I think you said before, or maybe you didn't say it before about the food thing. It's easy, or I guess it is easy. This isn't what you said. It's easy to mess up food it's easy to mess things up that seem simple and seem straightforward yeah. and i think it's such a great art to be able to try different things when you're cooking different times and see how you can create the best recipe or the best moderation even if it's certain brands or using more of a certain ingredient and things like that so um and then same with you know 
wine and, and cocktails and things like that. I think all of it is such an art to get the right balance of flavors. And then when you can have the two that complement each other, I just think that makes for such a perfect meal. And that's what gets me excited and, and relaxed. And I also feel like I'm taking care of myself health wise, because when you're eating food that you prepared, not only is it kind of self satisfying, but also knowing it's healthy and knowing that you, you know, selected everything. And um, yeah, it's just that it takes a lot of time. <laughs> That's the challenge is balancing it all and being able to, to work and to be able to cook the good food that takes six hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Would you ever consider being a, uh, private chef if you could maintain your coaching business and be a private chef? I would have to come up with some more recipe proprietary. I guess it doesn't have to be proprietary. Um, you just got to be good. Yeah. So I definitely could. I definitely have the, you know, culinary capability to do that, I would say. I don't know if I would want to. That's fair. So I would cooking. consider it maybe in a second life or in retirement. Yeah. Um, but my sister has always wanted to open it or my sister used to want said, said she would want to be a chef when she was younger. And now she says she wants to open a coffee shop together. So that would probably be the first small step in that direction. If we, if we, we end up doing that, are we adding that to the dreams and goals? Maybe I <laughs> forgot about it until just now. So sure. <laughs> awesome. You should have your sister come on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, maybe she she can be your next guest. If you... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, our last question for the Thriving Three is what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet that person who will help you with copywriting and initial cold outreach to spark interest to prospective clients? So I actually did sign up for a program for this that I'm starting in September. There we go. So I'm starting in a couple of weeks. This program is going to help me achieve just that. So haven't started it yet. I am hoping that it's exactly what I need to achieve that. There we go. There we go. I love it. Was it with a specific coach? Is it a well-known company? Is it more of somebody you know personally? Yes, it's a company. Um, well, it's a person. It's it's a company and it's one woman who's kind of the face of the company. Her name is Rachel Go. I'm not sure how to say her last name. G-U-O. I gotcha. I gotcha. Rachel G-U-O. So she is exceptional at it from what I have seen and heard from the testimonials. So yeah. it seems like she she's the right person for the job. There we go. There we go. So I guess if anyone else also needs that help, I haven't worked with her yet, so I can't specifically endorse or testify. So at this point, I would say just check her out if you also need that type of help. Love it. Love that you invest in yourself. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a big investment from you know every facet of the term, and I think it's <laughs> it's really you know exponentially helpful yeah absolutely well awesome now we're gonna jump into our final series of questions all right and i did not send these beforehand so if you don't no problem yeah if you don't have an answer feel free to say i don't know they require a bit of pretext so stick with me all right 
lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help, being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps a person make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? Hmm. That is a good question. I would say in most cases, yes, because there has to be something that's going to spark that. And just an ordinary day usually isn't. However, I do think there can be a realization that happens on a normal day, a realization of maybe one of those past events, inspiration or desperation that may have happened in the past that someone is, you know, again, maybe they heard Gary Vee's podcast or whatever it is that sparked that connection for them. And that's how it came to be. So I would say some type of change, whether it's directly those events or whether it is a later reflection of one of those events that sparks them to act differently. Nice. I like that. I very seldom get additions to these questions. They typically tend to be the same answers, but I ask everybody just so I can get that answer. <laughs> a small addition where it's like, yep. I oh, like really? That. People yeah. just say yes? Yeah, most people or be like, yes or no. Yeah, most people are like, yeah, I just agree. Or some people will, um, actually, I'm not going to say what most people will do because I don't want to influence your answers. <laughs> but okay. some people will just agree to that uh, to that first question. And okay. they're like, yep, that's it. Hit it on the head. And I'm like, there has to be something more to it. So I always like when I get <laughs> a little more because I'll tell you why after I ask the next questions. So remind me good. that I'll just tell you why. Good, good. Um. So given the same amount of ex extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? Because the ones that don't think they can't. Or they think that it's not, quote, worth it. Or that their effort to change won't result in anything substantial. And therefore, it's easier and better to just stay where they are. But everyone can. It's a matter of if they believe they can, they believe they have the resources and they believe they have the means to do so. Yeah, I love that. Completely agree there. And believe that they can get access to those things if they don't, if they deem that they don't. Isn't it crazy and then how I much think our beliefs influence our reality? Yep. One of my, um, uh, what did you just say? Personal development. And I mean, this was personal and professional development courses that I recently took was all about that. Yep. And how can we change our beliefs to work in our favor so that we can actually feel that we can be the change that we want for ourselves. And there is a way to make your brain think what you want it to think and what you want it to believe. But that is a, another very long discussion. So I'll stop there. <laughs> awesome. Well, some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. 
What do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced? So I guess this is kind of like, kind of alludes to beliefs and you can tell us how we can influence our beliefs now. Um, can you say it one more time? Yep. Yep. And I won't say what I said after. <laughs> so some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that threshold and can the threshold be influenced? The threshold, I think, is probably largely established in childhood or growing up. And the examples of people that those people had in their lives and what sparked them to change. So parents, teachers, older siblings, role models, what were, what were the instances of inspiration or desperation and how large or small were those instances and how did those instances influence those role models to change? I think that is probably a big piece of it. I think the other piece of it is I just lost what I was going to say. I think the other piece of it is oh my gosh. Is it around influence? I was going to say maybe how substantial the situation is or the, the context, the context of the situation or the problem, what, whatever it is that's sparking the inspiration and desperation and how intense it is. Is it going to be life-changing either way or is it just a small more insignificant event i wish that wasn't i can it'll it'll come back to me later um and then of course yes the beliefs around how you observe it what meaning you make of it what meaning you make of action or lack of action to address it all of those things love it cool well we got one last question for you mm-hmm for this, keep in mind a person who has a fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. Mm -hmm. So in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you about, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that avatar to make the choice that will change their life. The thing is, is ob obvious. What is or isn't obvious is subjective. Yeah. So something that's extremely obvious to me might be not obvious at all to you and vice versa. So we first need to understand what this person's view of obvious is and speak their language. Give them something obvious in a way that it will be obvious to them. Yeah. And going back again to the whole podcast thing, you need to be in a place to receive that information. So if it's not the time or the moment or the year or the place in your life, 
even if it's so obvious, you still won't see it. So I think for someone with a fixed mindset, that's the biggest thing is to identify how can we make sure it truly is obvious? Because if it, if I haven't read the book, I've heard of it. It sounds to me like that is the first step. Yeah. So I think when something becomes obvious to someone that they should do because they see the benefits, they see why it can better them. They see all the positive things about it. When that's obvious, then I think the rest of it's easy. I think the hardest part is that first step. I got you. So make it obvious. And you think when we do a good job of making it obvious, it will be attractive. It will be easier to do. Yes. And the result will be satisfying because it aligns with what they want. Right. Love it. Have you seen that video? I saw it in college in a marketing class that I took where it's um, two teams playing basketball. One's wearing white shirts and one's wearing black shirts. And a gorilla walks through it. I have. I have seen that video. Okay. So I don't know about you, but for me, (laughs) the first time I saw it, I didn't because it says count. Count how many times this team passes the ball or whatever it is. And then you are so focused on that that you don't see the gorilla. At least for me, I didn't see it because I wasn't looking for it. I was paying attention to other things. I think that same instance applies to this prompt because if you're not fixated on the white shirted people passing the ball or whatever it was the gorilla would be obvious yeah the gorilla wasn't obvious because you were not focused on it you were you were not in a mindset to notice that it's there that was so good (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, hold on. I need to take notes on that. It was the the basketball and gorilla video. Basketball. Yeah. I don't, I'm i sure you could, you know. I can always that and find it. But... Too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, take your time. Um, I wanted to go back to the beginning. I liked your answer at the, um, for the first question in this kind of mm-hmm. series of questions so much because, um, for the longest time I've been thinking about with that, that last question of how can we create an environment? I'm like, well, if you could create a constant state of inspiration or a constant state of desperation, such that somebody wants to make that personal choice and make the move, that would be, that would be really good. And Tony Robbins is really good at creating inspiration. It's hard for it to be a constant state because he's not always with you 24 seven. And also um, inspiration is like a quick like jolt of energy. Whereas like the process of transformation takes a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but I feel like desperation makes people move a bit more. And so I really like how you said that they can either have the inspiration or desperation, or they can reflect on a moment of inspiration or desperation. Because when you think about creating an environment that facilitates people making that choice. If you can um, cause them to reflect on things that um, happened in their past that made them desperate and why they don't want to go back or even mm-hmm. projecting their actions into the future. Now that I think about it of like, these actions will lead to a desperate situation. If you can mm-hmm. like bring that to people's attention, I feel like mm-hmm. they motivate them a little bit. So that's why I liked your answer so much. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm curious to hear, did you have any other questions that you were going to ask or? I do not. I was curious to hear other people normally say to those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So typically on the first question, it's a yes. Like I agree. Okay. And there's usually not much more after that. Cause I, okay. I interviewed probably like 150 people and that was the only question I asked. And I just, I was like, I keep getting the same answer. So I'm just gonna, I need to expand a little bit. And so I summed that up after 150 to 200 ish interviews. That's why a lot of people agree with it. Cause a lot of people said the same things. Oh, okay. I see. I see. But I mean, when you give that prompt, like you just gave that prompt to me, do people just say, yes, it's one yeah. of those two. They're like, yeah, I agree. And they tell a story about why. Okay. Why they believe But you're that. saying you came up with that? I came up with the question. Because of the people that you interviewed and you summed up that those people over time said inspiration and or desperation are the two things that make people act. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got people it. either need to be inspired or um, be desperate and they need to make a personal choice. That's another thing people always brought up. It's like, we can't change people. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, but we can inspire them or remind them of desperate situations or whatever. Maybe mm -hmm. that gets a little. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Sorry. And, what were and we gonna for, say? for why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't it typically people will be like belief. I don't know. And those are typically the answers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like either mindset, beliefs, or I don't know. Okay. Uh, some people need a small amount of des desperation to change. Others need a larger consistent amount. Most people are like childhood, growing up, environment. So they're like, mm -hmm. their current environment is um, mm -hmm. also adds to it. And... Um, the beliefs mm -hmm. that are formed from their environment, or they'll say, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, or it's really individualized. So it can change mm -hmm. person to person. There's no blanket answer. That's, a, mm -hmm. that's another answer I get a lot for all of these questions. It's like, yeah, it's kind of different for everybody, which it is. And it isn't. It's like both. It is. And it isn't. It's, it's the specific reasons or instances or examples are different. But usually what sparks those underlying is what is the common denominator. Exactly. Exactly. And for that last one, this is where our answers vary the most. We get anything from um, loving people to selling people to understanding people to um, you can't change people to I think of some others I've gotten. Uh somebody we got a recent answer that was like reinforcing people so like like a pavlov's dogs approach of like yeah have them do a positive action and then reinforce that positive action which is kind of what we do to each other all the time but we don't <laughs> we're not as <laughs> blanket about it right or right frank about it but um yeah so those are some typical answers that we get i think the problem with that one is um Again, this is, I don't know the name of this theory or this whatever. The, like, if, if, let's say you really want a cookie and you're craving a cookie and you're dying for a cookie and I give you a cookie. And then if I give you another cookie, you're less satisfied. And then if I give you a third cookie, even less so. Oh, like and the fourth, returns, kind of? Diminishing, yes, yes, yes. It's like after the first one, there's a whole ton of value there. And then the more I give you, the less satisfied you are. So my, 
um, my, I guess, disagreement with the Pavlov's dog instance or response or solution to addressing a person with a fixed mindset is that I think that's what would happen over time because they don't innately care to do it. They're doing it because of some external treat, validation, you know, gift, whatever it is that I think over time it would become so normalized that they would say, this isn't special anymore, or this isn't doing it for me anymore. So now I'm not going to be motivated anymore, but that's just my opinion. Hey, I, you just you know. described 95% of society or. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, people, the thing is that people, yes, you can't change people. People have to want to yeah. do it and the best way is to get them to intrinsically want to do it. I think, the Pavlov's dog, yes, that's an extrinsic that can spark the intrinsic motivation. But over time, without the pure intrinsic motivation, I don't think that will be a solution for the lasting lasting change yeah. in behavior to better oneself. Absolutely. I completely agree. So those are really great questions. I love when people really make me think like that. And I'm glad that I didn't see them before because it's the thoughts in the moment that are, I think the most creative and curious. So I thought those were really, really awesome questions. And I, I liked thinking about them and I liked answering them. So I hope you continue to ask, cause I'm definitely curious to see what else people will say. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm glad that you uh, liked it so much. Cause that's exactly what I'm hoping for when I ask them. Good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Elena, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I think that is all. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you need anything else for me, let me know. Will do. And if you guys were listening to this and you loved what Elena had to say, make sure to reach out to her. All the ways to contact her will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked it. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.